Okay, welcome to another episode of Talking Metaverse with me, Tan. And right now I am joined by Emma Kiriavainen, who is a digital luxury marketing specialist. Is that correct? That's very good. start with defining the word luxury uh, so what do you define as luxury brands or luxury items well I think the meaning of luxury has changed so mm. much but what previously something that has been known as scarce high quality precious and desirable and exclusive now people want luxury that is more approachable inclusive and transparent in a way but to me luxury is something people desire it's a fantasy that the brands sell so when we say words like metaverse mm. people and marketing or selling items in the metaverse there is friction because people are like why do i want to buy something in the metaverse how do you how do you respond to that like people are still not they don't understand what does it mean to buy a luxury thing in the metaverse yeah that's a very common question not only do some customers but brands ask and i think that's because it's such a new innovation not only metaverse but terms like nfts web3 they're all buzzwords and when people don't understand something they're usually a bit scared of it and they are not welcoming of it so Thus, I say that in order to understand, you must first educate yourself. And education in this space is the number one thing that I think is the most important. But I say to everybody that right now we are already in metaverse. Like this, we are in Zoom. This is metaverse. And the young, younger audiences spend most of their time already in the metaverse, whether it's Instagram, online shopping, so I think it's only natural that we are constantly moving towards that space. And thus, I think for brands, why not create something digital for people who already spend most of their time there? And especially for luxury that is about self-identity, individualism, and also belonging. We belong to communities online and we want to express ourselves online. So in order to do that, we perhaps need nice clothes for our online environments. And that's what Metaverse is perfect for. Okay, so you said we're already in the Metaverse. <laughs> Let's take a moment now to define it. Do you think it's possible to define the Metaverse in one sentence? <sighs> yes, I think it is. I think it is a space where people not only read and create, but also own. So whereas, let's say Web 1 was a space where you read, Web 2 is a space where you read and create social media. And now Web 3, Metaverse, is a place where you read, create, and own the data. Boom, I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. So explain a little bit more. what. Do, what does it mean for me to own data compared to 
like web two why don't i if i put something on facebook why don't i own it and what does it mean for me to own it well if you put something on facebook yes you own the copyright the picture but in the end it's meta that owns it and they own the data and if they want for example they can swipe off your instagram profile we've seen that happen and you can get banned or they could remove your pictures and also what i think people should consider what we've seen with some older platforms is that a company fails you lose all your images you lose all your stuff there is it's not yours because if a company goes bankrupt it's lost but if you for example create an nft of your picture you create and mint it you okay. own the data you have to define it for me so <laughs> give me that was an awesome one sentence definition of the metaverse so can you give me a one sentence definition of an nft mm. well Is i always say, yeah i can say non fungible token but i don't think that helps much but it's basically a digital asset yeah a scarce digital asset because nfts can be many things but the one thing that differentiates it from other digital assets is that if you lose it you can't have a new one it's gone so and it's, yeah so, so it's, it's unique not, it's an it's yeah, a, unique it's digital. a digital thing because of the blockchain right because it's tied to the blockchain it's a thing that cannot be duplicated just yes, like in real life I yeah, have this definitely. pen. Mm. Even though there there's mo many of these pens mm. coming from the factory, this one pen is unique. So tell me if I'm correct in understanding that an NFT mm. just makes a digital item mm. unique. So you can copy it, but mm. it's but the the first one is still yes identified as this. Yeah, that's correct because you can mint an nft and people can screenshot it and that's the most people are like no why would i buy something i can screenshot it and it's a bit the same as going to louvre and taking a picture of mona lisa you don't own it you don't get the same sense of ownership so also what i think is a good definition of nft is a proof of ownership digital proof of ownership, proof of ownership. i think that seems to understand and in the future i don't even think we will be using the term nft I hope so because that means we've reached the mass adoption. It's just a tool, a technique that is underlying in something that we use every day. So if we don't use the term NFT, what do you think we'll be using? Proof of ownership, proof of authenticity. And I think it's a bit same as blockchain technology. We don't ask what technology lies behind, let's say, Instagram algorithms. We just happily scroll on our feed and see what happens. So I don't see that customers, let's say five years from now, will be asking, what is this blockchain technology? How does this work? How does minting process work? I think it's a natural evolution. Mm. Okay, so going back, we took this side step just to try to define an NFT. So the simple digital proof of ownership to prove that a, a digital thing is unique yes. right 
So then going back to what we were saying, you were explaining how, what does it mean for me to own whatever I post on mm. online? Yeah, so if you mint your own NFT, you own it. And not only do you own it, but it cannot be copied. The data cannot be tampered with. It's a transparent data that everybody can read. And there is only this one script and it cannot be copied. So it's very unique. And yeah, it's different than owning something physical because in the luxury terms, for example, if you buy a bag, you can never be certain that it's authentic. And same with art industry, it's super hard nowadays with the super fakes to know what's real and what's not. With NFTs, you always know what's real and who owns it. Hmm. Okay. So for example, with the photo comparison, if you just mint your own photos, you do own it. And not one company owns it, it's yours. And that's why people say that Web3 is decentralized. It's not centralized ownership to one company or one community or one individual. Everybody owns their own stuff there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your journey into this world so when did you first discover web3 metaverse well i've always been interested in luxury like i was that kid who read vogue as a child so i always knew i wanted to do something in the luxury realm and then i always have also been a nerd so i love math chemistry formulas and data and Thus, I've always been very curious about new innovations that could help solve problems in the luxury industry. And I got first introduced to the concept of NFT in 2017. And I was like, what is this? I want to know more. And as I think many people who are in this industry know, that so once you go into that rabbit hole, it's no coming back. So it was a continuous educational journey for me. I just learned more and experimented on different spaces. And then um, as Aldo University, I did my master's thesis on the future of luxury fashion through NFTs. So I decided already in university that's what I want to focus on and I want to learn more and be a professional in this space. Can you just tell me again, what was the name of your thesis? Future of... Uh, the future of luxury fashion through NFTs future of luxury fashion through yeah. nfts and, and the what... professors first were very like oh what's an nft we don't know if we want you to write about it and very hesitant because this was yeah one year ago and they were like it's a very volatile space we don't know if we want you to write about this and i was very persistent and yes i do believe in it and they were like okay but <laughs> <I did. laughs> so what were some of the main hypotheses or the main points that you made that are what were some main discoveries well as we discussed earlier it's natural shift for luxury brands because the main problems they are facing is the growing awareness amongst the modern customers gen z millennials they no longer want to see the behind the closed doors secretive luxury brands they want them to be inclusive and transparent, whether it's about sustainability or, yeah, they want 
open luxury brands that are more approachable. And today's traditional luxury brands are struggling to communicate with this new, young, higher, affluent customer base. So NFTs are a very nice solution for many of those issues as it allows the community building for them. It allows the modern way of engaging with these customers in a very creative way too, without compromising the traditional values of luxury. I still want to understand how do we bring together VIP mm. and exclusive yeah. with inclusive and uh, accessible? Yeah, and that's a very common question people ask me. And I know it sounds weird, but the two can coexist. Mm. And for me, I don't agree when people are like, luxury brands should be only inclusive now and everything should be transparent. I think then luxury wouldn't be luxury anymore. Inclusivity is part of it. It's a mystique what happens there and the desirability that I want to belong to that brand group. So if we lose exclusivity, we will lose that. But I don't think that the exclusivity that luxury brands are known for are the modern customers' needs because nowadays it can be seen simply as exclusion. They don't have inclusively different body shapes, different cultures represented on their companies, on their advertisement. And also there is still the very strict hierarchy, especially in fashion. And that's where I think inclusivity can help and open the doors for a wider audience. So especially with Web3 communities, people could come in and enjoy the luxury experience online from the comfort of their own couch. They don't need to go into the store where people might be scared that I don't fit in here. They can fit in. And by opening the world of luxury, people get to see it. They don't have to see all, but they can get the sneak peek inside and start to desire it more. So it's a very beneficial combination of keeping the exclusivity aspect while also opening the doors for a wider audience and wider demographic all over the world with the help of the internet. That's the next Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now, when it comes to the metaverse, there's several pieces. Mm. Um, the ownership of data is one. How much do you think about some other pieces like the spatial computing and augmented virtual realities where we can step into worlds. How much do you think about that aspect of the metaverse? A lot, because I think even though if you're specialized in NFTs, you can't not think about those aspects. And people always, there is also this kind of fight between R and augmented reality people and NFTs. They're like, no, technology is better than this. I've seen it online, like on Twitter space. And I think it's, not healthy and it would be weird because the two are very beneficial for each other they should coexist and have a like relationship but yes i do think them a lot and especially augmented reality is something that luxury brands should implement asp and they have already there are the virtual fitting rooms and especially during covid we saw fashion week being held online and people being able to try on clothing or accessorize it through 
AR filters on Snapchat, for example. So yeah, I do think them a lot, uh, think about them a lot and think they're at least as valuable as NFTs for metaverse. Mm. So Finland is, I think, really advanced when it comes to technology. Fin- the Finnish technology ecosystem is always yeah. welcoming of this kind of stuff. There's exciting communities. How is it over there in France? Is it any different in your opinion? Uh, I think technological skills in Finland are better and there is less bureaucracy in terms of implementing the new technology. So Wait, I think there's the- less bureaucracy in Finland. Yes, in terms of implementing that, in my opinion, at least. But I think it's still, they're very similar. And of course, one must consider that France is a much bigger country in terms of population. So here there is also more companies that are Web3 focused. So I would say that the space here is bigger and doing very well at the moment. And I hope that that will reach Finland. But in Finland, we have very good basic skills to truly actually be the web tree hub of the world if we want to but there has to be more regulations and clear guidelines for taxes for example because that's a big mess right now and that also is a big stop sign for companies to build web tree initiatives in finland but here the luxury market is also i have to say like yeah so much bigger and that's one thing why I do work and want to work a lot abroad because in Finland there isn't many luxury brands that's a great point like when you think of the word luxury I almost think of France might be the first yes. place I think of yes. Monte Carlo and mm. Saint-Tropez and yes it's I think for me it's the home of luxury and home of quality also and the old-fashioned heritage so it's very interesting to see that here there are already many brands that are seen as the traditional luxury brands that are actually implementing nfts and web3 initiatives and i hope that will reach finland but i think it's a bit slower adoption i've noticed that in finland everything comes a bit slower than other countries we see the implementation happening for example in us London, Paris, and then it comes to Finland. So I really hope that maybe we could be first at something. And maybe that could be with Web3. Maybe we could do some crazy big implementation inside our country and be the first. How do we, people like me and you, how can we make that happen? Education. I think education, I can't highlight that enough because still that's the biggest thing that is in the way of implementing web tree and the biggest thing why people are also scared when you say nft today the response is not positive think about this week ftx binance the big companies are losing and the mainstream media is very much against nfts and you can't even blame them I mean, if you think about the news, they're very true most of the time. But also, there is the sense of not understanding that makes people write about NFTs, write about Web3 very negative and also sometimes in a false manner. And I think that if we educate people on 
what a web tree is, what it means, how it should be used and why it should be used, then only we can reach the mass, mass adoption. Sure. I don't want to go on too much of a sidetrack, but I do want to say when you say mainstream media is against this and negative articles, mm -hmm. my question is always, what is the mainstream media positive mm -hmm. about? I bet they're actually not That's positive true. about anything. <laughs> That's I'm true. Trying to think. What yeah. do they like? Yeah, actually, just with my friend, we discussed this because she's selling her apartment. And she was like, she won't even re read the news nowadays because every day it's like, don't sell, don't buy anything. Economy <laughs> don't buy. She was like, I hate don't the newspapers. Yeah. yeah, so I get your point. But I think maybe not even negativity, but the use of false terms is scary to me because I would be a millionaire if I would get a euro every time I see the words pyramid scheme or scams used in the context of NFTs. And of course, there are scams, there are pyramid schemes, but that's natural with every single new innovation, especially yep. with tech innovation. Think about the tech.com bubble in the 90s. Mm -hmm. This isn't not like anything new. So thus, I'd hope that Perhaps they would keep it down a bit for us to actually first educate people and then they can make their own decision based on their own research. All right. So last thing before we finish, mm -hmm. um, we talked a few weeks ago about one of your tweets and I, I thought it was really interesting. I think you, you questioned something like, when will it come a point when we spend more time online than we do offline? Mm. I'm wondering, like, have you thought about, I mean, you obviously have thought about it. We're almost there. And I think yeah. a lot of people were spending, a lot of people are spending more time online than off. I think about, like, some of the teenagers now. They, their school is online. Then they hang out with their friends on Fortnite, for example. They communicate via WhatsApp, Instagram, share their life there, share their experience and their existence online. I think they already do spend increasingly more time online than offline. And I think for myself, it's becoming almost 50-50, especially after COVID, after we realized that most of the work should be and can be done online. And yeah, I think when people start thinking about that, it only makes sense that, all right, why aren't we focusing more on the possibilities, especially for brands to do online? If I spend more on time online and I, for example, care a lot about my style, why aren't there more brands catering to my needs and to many individuals' needs? When gamers go online and play there, perhaps they want a nice Burberry code on them. And that's what they have already done and succeeded well in that. So, yeah, I think that's something that people, when they start thinking about that, they start less questioning less about why we should be more focused on Web3. Yeah. And you say 50-50, but I think if most people really counted and they mm. really checked the numbers, mm. I think most people are over 50 now. And I yeah, think I don't want to count my numbers on screen. To do that. 
Yeah, but you know, huh? I wonder what that without as a species, as mm-hmm. a, as a whole, as a as humanity, mm-hmm. if we still haven't realized it yet, yes. we are online more than offline, but we don't actually realize it. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means for the future when we do realize. Yeah, that's the thing. We are late already. We should have realized it, and brands should have realized this years ago. It's the same with music industry. They were very hesitant towards digital music. Yeah. They were like, no, 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 never gonna happen. And think they, about then they realized it too late. There. Think about all those record labels who would have realized it before. Spotify and Apple Music came in and took over. And I think it's a very important thing that we don't want that to happen with Web3 because Web3 is about decentralization and we don't want there to be like one big company ruling over the Web3's luxury fashion space, for example, because then it's no longer decentralized and it's no longer what Web3 is about. And I think we should learn from our history and learn from those mistakes if you want to call them and start grading fast and i think especially with luxury luxury selling individualisms a successful luxury brand now is the one that will help you define hey i belong to this tribe i do not belong to this tribe this is who i am this is how i want to be perceived and if we spend increasing time online we need brands that will allow us to do that also in those environments. And if brands don't realize it now, it's already a bit late. Cool. Emma, uh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> merci.